Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you were transformed through faith, hope, and love. And happy Christmas. It's nice to get into the festive mood, isn't it? And um, I don't know about you, but uh, particularly as I've been talking in this series about uh, the gifts that the wise men brought, um, it starts to get you thinking about what gifts you're going to give to others and what gifts you're going to receive, doesn't it? And um, the wise men, they were the first Christmas people to give gifts. And uh, they did it in a response to the fact that God gave his gift, which of course is incomparable to any gift that the wise men could give or any of us uh, could give to someone else. Um, and because God gave Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. That's why we celebrate Christmas, isn't it? That's why it's called Christ Mass. Christ celebration. Mass just means a celebration, a giving thanks. And so Christmas is Jesus' birthday. Um, it's when we celebrate the, the day that he was born and all that that means to us. And uh, so I just want to bring a few bits out from what the, the passage that uh, Devation read earlier from Matthew chapter 2 about the wise men, and, uh, and hopefully it will resonate in your heart. Now, the, um, the Magi, um, which we refer to as the wise men, um, we don't really have anything that, that, that portrays that, that fully in our uh, in our language, other than trying to expand it a bit. These were, these were men that were astrologers, uh, they were scientists, they were philosophers, they were the intellectuals, the academics of the day, uh, they were the scientists, they, they understood. These were the, uh, the, the people who were, uh, they were wealthy, uh, but they were the people of, of knowledge and understanding. And so, uh, as we read this passage, we realize that that they came to find Jesus because of their studies. They had been searching the scriptures. They'd been searching the Old Testament scriptures, and they had read the prophecies um, that, that, that had been written about the Savior, about the Messiah who would come. And as a result of that, they understood that when they saw this star, which was a very different star to anything they'd ever seen, they understood the times. They understood what they were looking for, and so that's why they set off. They set off from the east, so they could have been Persian, they could have been Chinese, they could have been Indian. Uh, we, don't, we don't fully know, but the, those are kind of the possibilities of these guys that came. And, um, and so uh, they, they came a long distance. They came from the east, and so we don't fully know. But they came to Herod. Now, Herod was a king who was paranoid. He was, in some ways, a puppet king. He didn't fully, um, uh, he wasn't a king in his own right. It was only because someone else had placed him there. But he was paranoid. He was scared. In fact, he was so paranoid about somebody taking his place as king that he killed his wife. Whoa. And he killed his kids. Whoa! And any other relatives or anybody else that he thought was a threat to his position. That's what you call paranoid, isn't it? Yes? And I hope none of you are like that here this morning. <laughs> if you are, let me know and I'll do a runner right now. 
Um, but, you know, they, they followed a star. I want to say to you, stars have always been used for guidance. Even today, sailors use them. People that are uh, out in, in, in the middle of nowhere, uh, once it comes to nighttime, the stars are often one of the best guides uh, that people can use. And so that they do that. The other thing that's quite interesting, of course, in this story is the aspect that the wise men went to the house that Jesus was staying in. It's no longer a stable. They've now moved to a house. And I don't know if you uh, went to see the, uh, the movie uh, the other week. That really kind of portrayed it all extremely well. And so I want us to look at what did the wise men do because the things that these Magi did is what really today we understand them to be wise. And so if you want to be wise this Christmas time, then you need to do the same things that the, uh, that the Magi did at the same time. And the first thing that they did, which we see in verse 2, is that they sought after the truth. They sought to go for the truth. They'd heard, they'd read, they knew about these things, but they wanted to see for themselves. And so he said, where is the baby who was be born to be king of the Jews? They didn't guess, they didn't speculate, they didn't try to think, oh, it possibly means this or whatever. They went to go find the facts. I want to say to you that this Christmas time, uh, I hope that you will have the wisdom to search out the facts, to research into the Christmas story to look at what is the truth behind Christmas and not just all the tinsel and the lights and everything else that we, that we so often look at, but what is the true meaning of Christmas. The second thing that they did was, as I said, is that they traveled thousands of miles in order to get to the place where, when they followed the star. And so they traveled for thousands of miles. In other words, they were willing to do whatever it would take in order to find the truth, in order to be able to find the Messiah to know, is this true? It took them great expense and great cost to do this. Now, what's really interesting is, is that these, uh, these Magi traveled thousands of miles in order to be able to, to prove and to see for themselves what was written in the ancient scriptures but just six miles north of Bethlehem was a big city called Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem was all the religious leaders of the time. These were the people who understood the scriptures. These were the people who were versed and learnt and brought up in it. It was part of their schooling. And yet they were only six miles away. And yet they failed to go looking for the Messiah of the world. They failed to go looking for God's Son. They, they knew the Scriptures, but they weren't willing to go the extra mile. Let me say to you, at this Christmas time, if you're willing to do whatever it takes, you can find Jesus. You can find God amongst you. You see, you can be right in the midst of where Jesus is, like these were uh, in Jerusalem. They were on the doorstep. It's like God is in the midst, and today God is here. God is with us, and yet you can miss it completely. 
That's how it is. God doesn't force himself on us, but he always looks for seekers. He's looking for those who will search for him because when we seek him, God says, then you will find him. It doesn't just happen by accident. There has to be some intentionality behind it. And so they kept on going. They were persistent and they didn't quit until they found Jesus. And I believe this is important for us, that, that when you are searching, and that's, that's an honest thing to do, that's, a, that's a, a, an incredibly wise thing to do, is to search out the facts for yourself, and we will be uh, doing an alpha course in the new year. If you want to do, just put on the Connect card in front of you and put on, I'd love to attend the alpha course, because we don't want you just to make a decision on the spur of the moment. We want you to look at the facts and why we believe in Jesus as the Messiah uh, that, that has come from God. But it's so easy to quit too soon. And it's so easy to, to get distracted. I don't know about you, but so often in life, uh, you go through a season and you, you're kind of, you know, you're looking at things and, uh, and you're trying to find out and maybe your faith is, is strong, but then you get distracted by some of the life events that go on, whether it's uh, you're searching for a partner and you've got a girlfriend or it's the wife or it's the children or it's your academics or your career, um, it, you know, it could be hobbies, it could be any number of things that can take us and distract us from the true purpose and meaning of life. Unless you know and follow the true meaning of life, everything else just becomes a distraction. And fourthly, they sought uh, Jesus with the right motive. You see, you can do it out of the wrong motive, and some people do. Some people search and look for it because they don't want uh, Jesus to be who he is, or whatever it might be. They have all sorts of things, but then verse 2 says, we have come to worship him. That was their motive. So if you're searching Jesus because you want to come to worship him, then your motive, I want to say to you, God is drawn to your heart. They came to worship. They came to honor. They came to show gratitude. They, shamed, they, they came to recognize who he was. And that's what the gifts really brought out. They recognized in the gold that he was a king and they honored him as a king. They gave him the frankincense which was used in worship in the temple. They honored him as the high priest. And, uh, and they brought myrrh which was used to embalm and they, the, 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 the dead, which was a recognition that Jesus was born to die for the sins of the world. So in other words, there was honor and there was understanding in what they gave. Unfortunately, too many people want Jesus for what is in it for them. They're not coming to give, not coming to worship, not coming with gratitude, but they're coming to God because they think that he's like Santa Claus. And uh, they think that Jesus is like Santa Claus, so they can just ask him for things, and they think, well, if I've been good enough, uh, am I on the naughty or the nice list, then, of course, I'll get what I want. Other people think he's like a vending machine, you know, I say some prayers, I put them in the kind of slot, and then I pull the handle, and God will just supply my needs. Or other people think he's like a fire engine God. In other words, whenever there's troubles and there's problems, then, of course, I'll call on him because he'll come to the rescue. Uh, some people think he's like a genie, you know what I mean? You just make a wish, and God will will fulfill those. But I want to say to you, that's not the way to find Jesus. That's not the way to have God in your life. Fifthly, which is great, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and gave him their gifts, 
of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Yes, uh, not like the, the young boy who misunderstood it and he said that the maggots brought God, Frankenstein and Smurfs. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, they brought good gifts out of their treasure. They gave gold, frankincense and myrrh. Yes, they didn't bring leftovers. It wasn't a last minute thought. There was thoughtfulness. There was, there was care. There was love put into it. And so it was costly, the things that they were given. And so I believe that this Christmas time, we should be considering what can we give to the birthday boy? What can we give to Jesus? Yes? Well, you say, well, what can we give to someone who has everything? Well, actually, the issue is he doesn't have absolutely everything. You say, well, what could God not have? Well, I'll tell you what he doesn't have. And there's at least three things, although there's more, but I'll just mention three of them that God is looking for this Christmas time that he will only have if you give it to him. Isn't that brilliant? Woo! I think that's amazing. And the first thing is, is to give him your trust. In other words, when you trust God, I don't know about you, but when my children, as they grow up, and, and now I, one of the things that I love more than anything else is the fact that they, you better do, Trust your dad. <laughs> yeah, but as parents, we want that, don't we? Now, you can't force that. You can't make it happen. And, uh, you know, your children go through a situation. They go to school and they get with the teachers and then it starts to change a bit, doesn't it? And then they start to believe the teachers more than you and they trust them more than you. And then a few years later, when they get into the late teens, they suddenly have a revelation that dad is not as daft as they thought he was. And, uh, and so um, it's kind of a different. But what's one of the greatest things that we can give God is to trust him. Yes, I believe that. So let me ask you a simple question. What are you expecting from God this Christmas? What are you expecting from God in 2023? Because what you're expecting shows how much you trust God. Because it's according to your faith it will be given to you. Expect a little, get a little. Expect a lot, you'll get a lot. That's the principle of Scripture. The second thing that God wants you to do is he wants you to give him first place. He wants you to give him priority in every situation, in every circumstance. Why? Because he is God. And that's the first and the second commandment is that he, we shall have no other gods. He is number one and to have no idols, nothing else replacing him. We worship nothing else. And it's so easy for us to do that. So let me ask you a question. Who is God in your life? It could be family, it could be spouse, it could be any number of people that could be God, could be uh, the, taking priority in your life, or is it uh, that idols in your life, so easy to have money or to go for pleasures or to go for sports or to go for interests, uh, you're never going to get kind of sidetracked following England anyway. Uh, but but there, we, there we go, you know, so many things that people um, put in front of God, and so God wants us wants us to give him first place. And it is spelt F-I-R-S-T. Yeah? 
In other words, F for finances, first in your finances. I for first in your interests, the things that interested you. R is for relationships. He wants to be first in your relationships. S is for schedule. He wants to be first in your schedule. In other words, is he first every day in your daily devotions? Is he first of every week in your Sunday and in your connect group? Is he coming First, and then T for trouble, is he first when you have trouble? Do you go to him first and pray to him and say to him, God, I'm in this trouble, I've got these problems, I've got these difficulties, or is he a last resort? And so that is what God is looking for. And Matthew 6 says this, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God's plan and purpose for your life and his righteousness. His righteousness. In other words, you'll have a godly character, godly convictions, godly conversations. You know, God will will change you. And then he gives you this promise at the end of the worth. He says, and all the other things will be given to you as well. Pursuing God means that all the other things are added unto you. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yes. And thirdly, and lastly, is to give him your heart. In other words, what do you love the most? What do you care about the most? God is saying, give me your heart. Make me the one in your life that you love the most, that you care about the most. Because where your heart is, that's what what you're going to long for. And of course, we follow our treasure. We follow the things in our life, don't we? We follow. So for example, if you invest your money all your money in your house, guess where your heart is? If you put all your money into the church, where's your heart going to be? So in other words, where you actually invest your time, your talent, your treasure and your things will determine whether God is first, whether he has your heart or not. And this is not something that anybody can make you do and God will never make you do that. It's something that you have to do. You have to give him your trust, give him your heart Give him first place. My question is, will you do that this Christmas time? Amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you and you would like prayer, or perhaps this is your first time listening, then we'd love to connect with you at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk forward slash connect. You're welcome to join us every Sunday in person or online at 11 a.m.